0: Sports Meets Beer Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we had the fortune enough to uh, interview uh, a friend of both of ours, friend of the show, Mr. Carl Ruiz. Uh, you may have seen him on Food Network. You may have heard him on SiriusXM, on the uh, Opie channel. Um,
1: Formerly of Roland's Food Court, until yeah.
0: that show took a shit. <laughs> um, so we were able to catch up with him. He was here in our hometown of Santa Rosa. Uh, filming for another show on on uh, Food Network and uh we caught up with them. Uh what followed afterwards was an entirely sh- a big shit show which to a giant <laughs> still hung over. Uh, <laughs> I am
1: not I am not <laughs> I got out guys, I got out alive.
0: But uh yeah, we're doing this uh you know, we we've, we've had a little bit of a break in our uh episode releases. Uh we decided to take a couple weeks off and then uh then we had a week of technical issues. And then we had a week of devastating wildfires in our hometown, so (laughs) the odds were not good for us to keep recording episodes, but we will get back on track. This is going to be one of our specials. Uh, If you haven't checked out our NFL previews, you can hear some of our uh, pontification about the uh, NFL teams. Some were right, some were wrong, midway through, but we'll we'll recap that at the end of the season. Quite
1: quite a few were incorrect. (laughs) A lot.
0: So (laughs) if if you're short on time, they tend to run a little, we get a little long-winded in those, but... Check them out. their are previous episodes uh, back on our on our page, on everything else. Uh, but uh, this this episode that's going to come out right now is... Uh, this literally was recorded in a hotel room in Santa Rosa uh, over the course of one night. Uh, I mean, the chefs that happened to roll through that were all also a part of this Food Network uh, show.
1: Which we don't really do a good job of introducing on the show because they just kind of
0: roll in. And- well, in our defense, we thought we were going to go back and be able to cut in uh, a live or cut in a a intro right right after the fact. But instead we went out and drank instead.
1: Uh, Yeah, Chef Bo McMillan and Eric Greenspan uh, come rolling in uh, in the middle of a conversation that we're having with the the Cuban, and uh, they immediately jump in. It's great. Um, And so, like I said, we, we did not get a chance to do the proper intros uh, during the show, it is we just kind of this thing is going to open up. We're going to be mid-conversation, uh, and it's just the way it kind of went. It was free-form. We showed up. We had like a handful of questions that we got to like a le- even lesser of a handful of those, and uh, it just kind of took its own life.
0: It was very organic, you know. It was a conversation that was. Like I said, Brad and I each had our our ideas of what we were going to ask and what we were going to do, but it just started rolling. And the, the more, the, as, the, as the conversation went on, we spoke less and they spoke more, which is probably a good thing. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I tried really hard to not, like, nerd out with these dudes in the room. It was pretty funny. So, I think, uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Without further ado, here's Sports Meets your Podcast with uh, the Mad Cuban Carl Ruiz. There we go. Don't sweat the technique internet search will uh for uh, mad cuban and or carl ruiz revealed to me today even though we've been friends for a long time Revealed to me today you have your own imdb page but no wikipedia page your thoughts wikipedia
2: is for losers <laughs>
1: I was flabbergasted. I was I was sure that you would have your own.
2: What's a Wiki- how do you get one of those?
1: People just write it. Maybe we maybe we Spear can get their first Wikipedia credit and write your. Can you start it? I'm sure we could
2: because I could definitely hook up with a girl like overseas because of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I pull out a Wikipedia page in Thailand. I am smooth sailing.
1: You just I think you could just make it like part of your like email signature. <laughs> exactly. Like oh, what's this link? And then they fill go, in you know,
2: my Wikipedia. Do not mention the midgets. <laughs>
1: Actually Wikipedia loves midgets. I think that's a whole thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, although I I was uh uh Reddit loves Opie Great Reddit
2: games. eats me alive. If you want to be entertained, listen to Reddit. So if you wanna hear something funny. Reddit is I don't read Reddit at all. You sh- I don't think I don't think you should But my wife Oh loves Reddit.
1: Does she, really, like, in general, or like because these, these, friends? everyone on
2: Reddit feels exactly like my wife does about me? <laughs> <laughs> so, my wife, it's like a help group. Like, it's like literally oh, like rehab, her. like, like Stockholm Syndrome wife thing. Like, she's yeah. like, the other day we were fighting, and she's like,
0: See, it's not just me.
2: She's like, Are you feeding the dog cotton candy? I'm like, Yeah. She's like, Why? I'm like, I'm high. She's like, Reddit talked about this. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, hey, Red- she- Reddit talked
0: about that or talked about you doing that? I got
2: doxxed. Like, um, like, they put all my documents out and, like, my social security number and stuff. Like, they came after me pretty hard. Really? Did they really? Yeah. I, uh,
1: didn't I, I, I didn't go that deep. I didn't go that deep. I would have bought weird shit on the internet on your, on your, <laughs> on your dime. Oh, you
2: couldn't. You couldn't because uh,
0: there's no equity on those things. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, they proved that I was a fucking piece of shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Turns out this guy's Cuban. Yeah. What the fuck?
2: Yeah. Like, well, we can get a boat and some like fishing lore, but then besides that, you're fucked. You're done.
1: Done. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you and I, you and I go back even further than you and Ben do.
0: Oh, for oh, sure. My God, oh man. yeah. Yeah, you and I are. What, I'm, I'm new money compared to two thousand and
1: five. You came out to the states or to California two thousand and five. Two thousand and five, I came out.
2: Jeez, man.
0: We met about the same time. You guys yeah. just happened to work more together. I was just a fucking face. Right. We hung out once in a while, this you and that. You
2: spiky hair. You look like poor Guy Fieri. Oh, for sure. But you were a nice guy. Yeah. We, we met at the country club.
0: The <laughs> What's that?
2: Club? At one of Guy's birthday parties. Is that where we yeah, were? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I... hammered.
0: <laughs> yeah. Really? Surprising. I, know. I
1: just remember spending a lot of time rolling egg rolls with you and just rolling egg rolls. And you just standing back there, just holding court in this tiny prep area that was on the other <laughs> side of the dish pit. Just saying things to these Mexican dishwashers and prep cooks that they didn't know could be said in Spanish. Yeah, was, like They speak crazy. Spanish and they had no idea that they, that stuff could be said.
2: Brad, it was, it was crazy. Like, um, you know, when I first came to California, I didn't know a lot of people. You know, I didn't know. I knew Guy. Right. Which is like knowing a ghost. You know what I mean? Well, back then, I mean, it's like. He would drop you off at the restaurant and be like, all right, fucking do this. And you're like, all right. And, uh, and that and
1: was I, like at the beginning of Guy. Like, right. And, I met, we know and today. I met
2: Brad. And Brad had a sensibility. He had the eye of the tiger. Like where I came from, <laughs> we have the eye of the tiger. That's why they made the movie in Philly, because we're on the East Coast. That's the reason that the East Coast runs the stock market, because we have to make sure America's okay before you wake up out here
0: makes sense makes sense.
1: you know what's funny about that it's funny i was like yeah sure carl whatever you say man whatever you say and like the first 37 minutes of being in new york city i was like yo this dude was fucking right we
2: we we run on a different energy we 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 hate everything we're all the we're all the color of a battleship i mean we're tired even the hot girls are ugly in new york you know what i mean because they're beat up and they smell like exhaust but
1: it's sensory overload in that town. It's, it's just hard overload, to exist right? like that.
2: It's, it's hard to exist. but It's awesome to exist like that. It's though. awesome to exist. And, and I had a little apartment. I had a little one-bedroom apartment, which at my age back then, 2000, what was it? 2000, 2007. 2007. I had a one-bedroom apartment on 79th in New York. 79th and, and East End. East End. Yeah. And, and Brad, you know, he said, I want to learn the restaurant business in New York. And I said, all right, come live on my couch and- And let's do it, you know. And it was a part of my life where I was fucking sideways. I mean, I was partying. There was probably three people that partied harder than me in New York. And they all fucked Jennifer Lopez.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What were you? You were opening uh...
2: a new uh, pop Pop
1: burger. burger. That's right.
2: Holy shit, man. It just sends chills down my spine. It's like, just thinking about opening, like, being responsible for a $47,000 a month rent bill and being completely whacked out. Like, when I tell you whacked out, like, out of my mind.
0: Out of my mind. Every day.
2: Every day. I didn't have days. I didn't function with days. Days were for civilians. I I I I was like a maple tree. I was I had seasons. I had a season of sleep. I had a season of wake. I had a season of grow. Like, and that's how you that's how you do it in New York. Like, New York asks everything of you, and it gives you nothing back.
1: We came. I I, I so I think the original one was down on meatpacking. The original yes. Pop Burger. You opened the one on fifty third.
2: On right? fifty on fifty uh on fifty eighth. Fifty eighth. Right next to. The new Apple store that opened that's with a right. gold dome. And that's, that's when right. I met this guy, Tim Barrakesh, who was the, the head of Atticus Capital. And imagine meeting a billionaire that looked just like you. like looked like, He looked like your age, and he was cool, and he said fuck and shit. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but he's a billionaire. Yeah. And that was my first interaction with a billionaire, which was I fell in love with it. Like nothing bothered him. They spilled a shot on him and he laughed like the way that I laugh when my kid makes a touchdown and fucking you know what I mean? Right. He was like, ha 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 ha, doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> I'm gonna throw <laughs> this shirt out in the morning anyway. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't exactly. matter. Like clothes didn't matter. Like everything that mattered to me didn't matter to him. And that's what blew my mind about this dude, Tim Barrakesh. Like nothing mattered. Like it, like all the stuff that as an immigrant I fucking my shirt, my watch my 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 bag, my luggage, nothing mattered to this guy. It was he, all he cared about was laughing and talking,
1: and shit that shit meant something to us, yeah shoes, watches, that's piece. Yeah.
2: like it felt like, and it's the biggest humiliation, believe it or not, because that, you know as you grow up as a as a lower middle class person in america your your whole life is set up on buying more shit or bigger shit. Right. But when you have all this shit, it's incredible.
1: I will never forget the day that I, some fucking hustler came behind the restaurant I was working at and had, you know, like, and it's as cliche as you can think. It's it's as cliche as you can think. He walked over and like opened up his freaking jacket and he had all the fake watches and all that stuff. Brightlings, Rolexes, whatever. And I fucking, for like a hundred bucks, I bought three watches from this guy. Yeah. All the folks. And literally, I, they're out on the table in our apartment and Carl walks in and goes, Where the, who the fuck did you shake down for all the fake watches? Like immediately. Doesn't even like like doesn't even like, take more than two seconds to look at them. Like, who would you shake down for all the fakes? We just knew. We just knew that stuff. Oh, and man. that moment for Carl was like, I remember because that was
2: that time at Burger
1: because there were a lot of people coming through Imagine there. How it was volatile. a big deal.
2: Imagine how volatile. Like, I'm, I'm Brad's staying at my apartment. My rent is four grand a month in two thousand seven. Like, yeah, fuck. I remember. <laughs> so I got to come up with four grand, and I am the hardest partying guy. Like, it, it, I'm it, sure you
0: you come up with four grand, but it fucking goes through your hands pretty fucking quickly. And you got to come up with it. Again. I can
2: spend your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> He's very
1: discreet about it, though. Whatever your dream,
2: your biggest dream is. I'll call back. And be like you don't have enough money for it. Exactly. I spent it. I spent it. Like just waiting for it. Like, and that's the thing. Like being a chef and and being into bourbons and beers and stuff like that. You create a paradox where you have more culture than money. And it's such a painful place to live, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, you know, I I sit and I'm in Kentucky having a beer with Pappy, you know, with the Pappy Van Winkle family. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I gotta go back home, and my kid's got a broken arm, and he, just, and the coach is a fucking racist, like you know what I mean? Like you gotta deal <laughs> with got all this bullshit. So it's like
0: you get grounded really fucking quick. Yeah.
2: Like it's it's unbelievable. You know, it's unbelievable. And and the internet's making people crazy because of that. Because you have access to all this information that only rich people had. And you know what only rich people could handle?
1: It just... Like, the appearances have never been stronger. Like, right. people can put up the strongest of appearance, but it's also never been built on a more flimsy foundation. Because people can just... Like, they see it, and they think it's amazing, and then they can also call it out. The haters come out of the woodwork. People can just find out how full of shit you are yeah. faster than it's ever been. Yeah, like...
2: Like 10 well, that—that
0: that, that, I tell you what, that fucked me up. I mean, thank God it wasn't as easy to look up shit on your phone because I used to just ramble the chicks I've about the girls, shit I did. <laughs> I
2: told girls I was Spider Man, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for lying, I'd still be a virgin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, t- take me back real quick because when you guys, when you were out there and doing Pop Burger, but before that, where were you at when that brought you out to the West Coast? Well, let's go, you- even, let's
1: go back. Let's go back and further than that because I because I, this is a good way that Ben's going. I, but I do know that your story, like from a restaurant standpoint, is pretty interesting. Right. It's not well, what you would assume somebody with somebody with a Cuban heritage the way that they would go through the restaurant industry. If I remember correctly, you started doing Chinese
2: food. Yeah. So when I was a when I was a little kid, my grandfather he came up to me and he said, uh, "I'm going to do you a favor," and I said, uh, "All right, Grandpa." I mean. Nice to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in two months. <laughs> you just stare at me and drink Seven and Sevens or Cuddy Shark and give me the finger when I fucking touch your TV. Just
1: not unlike what was happening before this podcast started. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> so, um, so you know, I grew, up, I grew up in the old world where people were very detached, like emotionally detached. But they meant the best for you. So my grandfather looked at me and said, uh, your mother and your grandmother keep telling you you're special, uh, but you're not. I'm a um, little kid," he said. Uh, "Your brother, now he's special. So I'm going to do you a favor. Stop saying you're going to be a doctor. Stop saying you're going to be an astronaut. Stop saying you know whatever the fuck you're saying. Just you can either fix refrigerators or be an astronaut or or uh, or be a chef. That's it.
1: And his brother, brother's Carter. doctor. Yeah. Surgeon,
2: right? Cardiothoracic surgeon.
1: Cardiothoracic surgeon, Harvard chair. Harvard,
2: Harvard trained.
1: Yeah, I Harvard saw the Harvard chair. Harvard, yeah, I saw it in the
2: It'll house. Make you healthy. <laughs> and this is this is Brown undergrad. I mean, and my brother is such uh, like I love him, but I would never be friends with this dude if he was not my brother.
1: Here's the fucked up thing, this shitty dude. It's like, Carl. You're looking at Carl with. It might be a bigger vocabulary, but it's worse. <laughs> yeah. but imagine, imagine your
2: brother looking like you. So for your whole life, you're looking at someone that would be you if you were smart and successful. Imagine what that feels like. So my whole life, same, like, he puts his pants on, he's a millionaire. I put my pants on, I got a 680 FICO.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? And it is really, it is really like a, I mean, we're probably at this conversation goes on. I can already sense it. There's going to be a lot of lines drawn here. You talk about looking at, you know, you've dealt with this
2: pressure or this, this.
0: I'm fucking that thing out there. This is how
2: Richie Valens died. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway Anyway we just The
1: the whole thing We're just the, the, The hotel room studio Anyways okay So grandfather tells you You're gonna fix refrigerators You're gonna be a chef
2: So my grandfather went to The Chinese restaurant down the street And paid them To give me a job At 13 years old And after school I went and made egg rolls For a bunch of fucking Shezwan nightmares Imagine so I come from a Cuban, fa- Cuban household in Brooklyn. So working with us at Wasabi's was PTSD. Just oh. rolling fucking egg rolls again. <laughs> so I'm fucking sitting there, and you start to see... Imagine just getting thrusted into an Asian anything.
0: Which is rough. You know what yeah. I mean? The like- Asian culture is no joke.
2: Like, I thought combos were Chinese, bro. I didn't know nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm fucking sitting there, and everyone knows how to squat. They They eat like a fucking... They eat like golfers. They eat like a like a like a beaver. Like it's like they eat like someone that builds a dam. They fucking sit. They don't use chairs. They wash their hands like little monkeys. You know what I mean? Which is all normal. But I came from 13. A completely isolated yeah. place. And and their language sounds like they're screaming. So, ta I'm like fight fight. That's what I'm thinking. Fight <laughs> fight fight. There's no fight. You just asked them where the fucking heavy cream was. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I just, it was so crazy. And watching them cook in these, you know, I come from a Cuban family, so everything was either in a pot or a pressure cooker. This
1: and is in me, Jersey, right? In Brooklyn. Brooklyn.
2: And I see these giant walks that are blued from the fire. I never saw fire. I never saw 90,000 BTUs. That didn't exist where I came from. You know, so... I see these people putting these raw ingredients in this and duck tongues in this. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, so imagine having a, a, coming from an immigrant family that never taught you any culture and being thrusted, you know, 5,000 miles East. <laughs> and you're like, right. What right. the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. So, and then screaming at me in Chinese and me trying to figure it out. And, and me like when they a ticket would come in and the, the letters are in Chinese, so I would have to count the letters. So for me to make something, I would count the letters. So I knew, you know, the wonton soup was 12 letters. Hieroglyphics. No. Yeah. You're
1: looking at hieroglyphics. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's, yeah, and yeah.
2: that's, and that's when I learned how to survive because I didn't want to upset my grandfather because he got me the job. It was a crazy world.
0: How long were you there for?
2: Two years. God damn. I was a motherfucker. So, you know, just like jail, you know, people that are there, they figure out what they need from you and you figure out what you need from them. So they taught me how to use cornstarch for everything
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, <laughs> and sugar. And, and I yeah. showed them how to get out of jury duty. So, <laughs> so. So I learned how to make a sauce out of cornstarch and they got on a jury duty, um, so we were even.
0: That's so like coming from <laughs> your like you said, you talking about your family where there's like you said, they're not teaching you culture. It's more of here's your food, shut the fuck up. Yeah, be well, happy my, you have my, it.
2: My parents didn't my parents you have to understand, like, it's very hard for for, for my parents to teach culture to to, to
1: your parents were the immigrants or your grandparents were immigrants?
2: No, pa- my parents are. Parents are okay. So they, so yeah. they're
1: dealing with, they're dealing with. It's
2: very hard, and I tell people all the time, it's very hard for immigrant parents to teach anybody anything because it's very hard to teach someone to swim when you're treading water. Right.
0: You know no, no, I mean? no. So, it's. It so also got too. No
2: money. We got a color TV. Right. So we got a color TV, and we were all happy. So we used to have the rabbit ears, right? And mm-hmm. these are big, giant brick buildings, right? So there, there was no place to really put this right. TV besides the window. So we put the TV, it was a Zenith, tricolor yes. or whatever, right, yeah, yeah. that had the plug-in remote with the wire. It was incredible. Nice. I nice. mean, we thought we were fucking astronauts. That's how good the technology was, right? We're yeah. Like, Dad, we're in space. Daddy's in space. Daddy's <laughs> in space, right? So we do this thing and put the TV there, little console, giant TV, 30-inch screen. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. The 80 inch 60, console. Yeah, for a yeah inch I was to say yeah. 60 inches. I mean, fucking 90 rats can wood. live in this fucking thing. Right. You know what I mean? So, we had it one day. So, my whole house would, would, would empty out. My whole house would empty out uh, very early because everyone went to work. The grandfather went to work. The grandmother went to work. The, you know what I mean? We went to school. My father went to work. My mother went to work. So, the house was empty. So, I'll never forget the day. That sounds good. I'll never forget the day we come we come back to the house. TV's gone. Oh. So the guy that lives upstairs stole the TV. How upstairs. do we how do we know that? We heard our fucking TV upstairs. Through the floor. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine like to look at your father, to look at your grandfather, and just to see adults as a little kid like as a little kid seeing adults disappointed seeing adults poor seeing adults hurt there's nothing like it there's nothing to battle hard in you into life than to see your who you think is superman not fucking superman it changes everything absolutely it makes you a monster i'm gonna drink a coors light now
0: <laughs> yeah it's the you speaking know speaking are gonna be a monster
2: it
1: is uh it is interesting you know uh you you know the we have the baseball game on in the background now, and you watch these dudes. They get these brand new baseballs, right? But they don't. Nobody throws a brand new baseball. They scuff it up, they rub it up, they try and get as much on there. It's the only thing that prepares it to actually be a baseball, a base, a real baseball, something they can throw that's got cut the move, sink, whatever. Right. I mean, I, you know, I'm making the analogy because it's here on TV, but it's just interesting. You know, it's like it prepares you for the the war zone of restaurants, really. So right. Chinese food restaurant, two years now. You're 15, 16 years old, and you're on to what, your new restaurant now? Your...
2: I go work in the city for a little while, and I meet this guy named Steve Santoro. Um, he sponsors me. I'll, I'll fast forward to all this. I he spon- fast forwards me. Uh, I work in France for a while, which was a disaster. The French um,
1: language doesn't look like the Chinese language. Well, the hieroglyphics are different.
2: Here's the thing with, with cooking abroad. I think it's a waste of time. And, Why and, is that? Because
0: most chefs strive to that.
2: Most of them aren't that good the the thing is is i don't know how to say this i think cooking abroad is a waste of time i think cooking school is a waste of time i think it's all a waste of time i think we're we're blacksmiths you know what i mean we're old school guys you only learn from people that hands on when you're in france they know that you're from the united states and they take advantage of you and they just make they're your cheap labor I mean I remember when I first got there I called my mother back I'm oh, like oh mom I already have a nickname you know she's like oh yeah I'm like yeah my name is chef meld chef meld they call me <laughs> chef shit so my brother calls me. yeah my brother calls me back 2 days later and he's like mr spock you know fucking super smart yeah he goes uh that means shit carl meld means shit they're calling you chef shit I'm like Ugh. so what I learned in europe was that Europeans don't eat like Americans And Americans don't eat like Europeans And the biggest thing that I learned Is environment cooking Right So I've had the best bread in the world Has been In Rochester, New York Fundamentally Their water's perfect You know, their yeast is perfect Everything is perfect
1: So they have the garbage plate Which we'll get into Nick
2: Tahoe <laughs> <laughs> How can this? Hey, this is such a paradox—the
1: garbage plate and fundamentally perfect, perfect bread. bread. What the shit?
2: Both should be in the same place. Nick Tahoe is like a drunk stripper with d It's perfect.
1: Uh, yes, but, yes, um, that is.
2: But uh, I love Rochester. I love Rochester because everyone that talks to you um, talks about the winter like uh like it was harvey weinstein <laughs> like did you, did you what ha- what the winter do to you <laughs> yeah me too me too me too i had an icicle fucking yeah. <laughs> crushed so, my know. <laughs> but
1: so it's really so it's really interesting Carl, you know i uh you know ha- having spent time you know in restaurants my whole life at this point now um you know, there are you can tell somebody who's been through it versus somebody who's yeah. who's learned about it.
2: The fakers are the makers.
1: Yeah, man. It and you know the reality is, uh, there are people that can lead you into battle, and there are the people that send you into battle. Right. And the soldiers will figure out which one is which real quick, and they'll let one die. Right. And so you know you go into a you know this idea of like cooking school is a waste of time, cooking abroad is a waste of time. It makes sense. It makes sense. But, well, let me let
0: me ask a question though. It's like, so you get like these guys who are usually I, the the transition goes. Someone goes to culinary school and then they get the idea to go to abroad. They want to hone their skill, experience a new thing. So let's just say someone scraps out the, the the culinary school. Wouldn't it make sense to learn if you go abroad if you could actually get into a place that doesn't call you chef shit and just a like that to me like <laughs> learn for a while and do that? Or is it do you feel you could find that those same skills? those same things here in the States and just travel to those regions. Right.
1: I I, I, think I'll really, and I, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. I think you're just perpetuating, you're just perpetuating a culture of people that don't think that they have to get down and actually clean the fucking, you know, debone the chickens. They think that that just earns Cleans them the, the right. Mats, yeah, whatever. Like the you just think mats. like doing that just helps them feel like they've already earned their stripes because they just prolong the inevitable. You have to put your time in.
2: Here's the thing, Ben. There's still this false romance stuck with cooking, right, that I have no part of. And that's why I'm successful. So, number one, you have to be regional, right? Training in France, guess what? When you come back to New York, there are no motherfucking French to eat your food. So they're going to think it's salty. They're going to think it's bitter. They're going to think it has too much citrus. I'm on the Atkins diet. Right.
0: The French guys are going to Times Square to eat it, fucking other places. Let me tell you why. (laughs)
2: Let me tell you why that Mexican landscaper who decided to fucking fry nachos at the restaurant now is a chef and you got fired because he understands his clientele. If you're going to if your goal is to be in New York and be a chef in New York, cook in New York. New York has a palate. Missouri, you know, uh, has a palate. Uh, Healdsburg has a palate. It's different than Windsor. It's different than – you learn to learn – you learn the nuance of every town, of where you're doing business. Right. Remember, we're drug dealers. We're the the oldest drug dealers. We're chefs, right? Know your clientele. What's the butter that they want, right? So when you have these chefs that travel everywhere – they come back and they don't help their customer base. They lecture their customer base. Right. They come back and say, you're an idiot because I trained in Germany. Guess what, asshole? I didn't grow up eating sour fucking Broughton. I grew up eating mac and cheese and fucking Oscar Mayer. And your fa- and your flavor profile doesn't match. Right. So you might be a great chef and I'll Instagram your dinner, but I'm not coming back. You're closed. I'm open.
0: Right? That's, I, the same thing can be said you could take that same approach to all the different breweries, all the different people around here who are ta- – who. I mean, it happens in every state, every region. Everyone is spouting off about why their beer is – my beer is this, my beer is that, and then same thing. That's great. You lecture me about your, your being a purist or being these things and using, you know, just using regionally sourced items. However, if your beer doesn't taste good, if the people around there drink it once and go, eh, it's not too bad. They're not going to reorder it. You're not going to be fucking open.
1: And we just, we literally just saw this happen. We did the Twitter, the Twitter live thing. Mm -hmm. How many people started to fucking try and lecture you on the Belgian Trappist Sours and all that? Right. It's just, it's not for you. It's not for you. I am interested though, chef, like, you know, you know, we see you, you could, you know, we'll, we'll give the shout out when we cut the intro, but you know, you can, when we follow you on Instagram or on, you know, on Twitter, any of these things like you're you're going to place and you're showing off what people are accomplishing, and mm. like this stuff transcends what you're talking about from a regional standpoint. It's just mm. good food, right? Yeah. So clearly, there is like an element of you that just appreciates it, no matter where it's from, right? Like it's yeah. good food, and It's not, it's, it's it's like, not complete it's good, it's business because
2: there's there's basics, but I'm talking about. Listen, if if you take a Santa Rosa taco truck where we are right now, right, right, and you put it in New Jersey, it would fail. They wouldn't understand. They wouldn't understand. You know, the way that even the tacos are placed. Yeah. These fucking tacos are so tiny. They, would, Fuck yeah, this they, place. Wouldn't under, they wouldn't understand, right? They wouldn't. It's true. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like every time I put something on Twitter, I know that half of it or on Instagram, half of the people are going to need instruction because <laughs> they they don't travel in America. You don't travel. In America, even if, but even your if you, passport is the restaurant, right? You know, it's dinner travel, right? But so, even if you
0: travel, people will people feel most comfortable going to an Applebee's, going to a corporate restaurant, where you could get in their own hometown. But they want to go somewhere because they know they know what they're going to get. Well, they, favorite, don't wanna, they don't want to step out of the fucking. They box. don't.
2: And and you know what? It's funny. Finally, um, the carpet bagging is coming to an end in the restaurant business. And when I say carpet bagging, it's all these um all these little smart fucking, you know, college kids that thought that they could pull the wool over your eyes with Chipotle. Chipotle is down twenty four percent this year.
1: Yeah, because they keep trying to kill people.
2: <laughs> but it comes down to just they can't be local. They can't. You no. know, you can't sell corporate food. You can't sell it. Who's that? Who's calling you, Ben? his uh, wife. Okay. The guy from Longo Fajitas. Yeah, yeah Longo, Longo Fajitas. Fajitas.
1: So what? Do you, so okay, now now you've really piqued my interest. What do you? What do you mean you can't sell corporate food? So because so, that's not what they were branding themselves as. But I don't think that's what you mean.
2: No, they weren't brand. They took the McDonald's money, right? Ten years ago. Right. Right. And they were able to expand. But Chipotle is going to be the template of how to David and Goliath, uh, corporate food. Right? So if you look at Chipotle, Chipotle was the first wholehearted attempt to break into an immigrant cuisine market. Right? Yes. Right. And it's failing. 14% last year, 24% this year. It's a mess. Remember when everyone started laughing that McDonald's took their money out of Chipotle? Yeah. McDonald's is smart, they've been in this game for a long time. And they knew that sooner or later, people were going to say, wait a second, I'll pay 30 cents more for an authentic experience. And what that is is once people make less money, they don't travel, right? What people don't understand is an incredible dynamic in the food business in America where people trade their passport for dinner reservations, right? Right. They, instead of going to France, they eat French. They'd rather go instead to the Venetian in Vegas than go to Venice. Mexican. You know, they they, they want to be transported. That's why you, this is the only country, this is the only country in the world where you have hotels named Bellagio. <laughs> yeah. Or Paris. Paris. New York, New York, for
1: like, fuck's sake. No, yeah.
2: There's no hotel in France I was called, at the Eiffel Tower no, in no Vegas. There's no hotel in France called America. Or there's no <laughs> hotel in France called... Bayonne thirty third and eighth next there's, to the Gowanus Coal. If there was a hotel
1: in France called America, you could go in and they'd help you they'd help you get out of a fight. Yeah. That's what would happen. It,
2: it would it would be the only place you get your syphilis cured. <laughs> 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 but what I'm saying is we we dinner travel, right? right? So Americans I was talking to someone on set today at at uh at a show that I was doing and we're sitting there and I said uh if the Dodgers win I'll bring you to New York. And he looked at me. This is a 52-year-old man. He goes, I've never been to New York. You talk to a French person, they've been to every nook and cranny of their country. They've, they right. understand it, right? And,
1: and most of the countries on the continent.
2: But I look at this 52-year-old man, and I can have a conversation with him, right? Because he knows our food. Right. Philadelphia, Philly Phil right. cheesesteak. Hot dog, dirty water dog, pizza. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's unbelievable. We
0: travel through our
2: palate. No yeah. country does that, right? Huh? And through, TV. And through food TV, right? But so I offered
0: you a microphone. You said no. So you don't get to say shit. <laughs> <a big> <laughs> but
2: that means it's a good podcast because he got into it. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like. Actually,
1: yeah, that's, we're going to get into that in a
2: second. I'm going to talk to you about but all that. You, too. But you have to say, like, this is. America right Like I tell people all the time like, You want to stop being racist Fucking cook You know what I mean Like in a kitchen I don't care if you're black Spanish I don't care if you take a knee You gotta fucking get the fucking broccoli Out of the, <laughs> the oven cuz <'cause, laughs> you know? Yeah it's true dude <laughs> It's true Right and, 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 and I don't care how you do there's it There's no sexism there. Like you know what Unless I mean Unless you can't hang No If you the, can't hang the Then, least, the, then the all of that stuff is comes like, through
1: like, right, like all of those stereotypes and all that bullshit comes up if you can't hang. If you, some of the most badass motherfuckers, it doesn't matter.
2: Brad's known me for for twenty years. I mean, close to. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, like like twelve,
2: twelve, thirteen years. Yeah, yeah.
0: twenty twelve, whatever.
2: Close enough. That's enough for me.
0: Yeah, round up. That's what we do, cuz. So
2: so um, and I'm not racist. I'm not nothing. I'm a realist. You know what I mean? I'm not sexist in the kitchen. If a girl comes in, I don't care how big her cleavage is or how little her cleavage is or, or what she's doing or she's protesting fucking, you know, beetles, like African beetles on some tree. I don't give a fuck. What I care about, can you cook? And right. that's what's great about what I do is that sooner or later the bullshit will subside. There is, in my career in cooking, there is a low tide in a high tide right and right now we're in high tide where the media where you got people you know ex heroin addicts who can't open a fucking restaurant but could write a good book and they're, they're fucking authority you know what I mean
0: when you when you but open it's... when you open <laughs> so I, I, have, I know uh, who you mean I have a story that I want to add on it so when you
1: open Popper what was the name of the guy that owned Popper remember Roy Liebenthal okay
0: Roy Liebenthal okay so he doesn't sound Jewish at all so
2: he's uh, so Jewish oh my god He's so Jewish, it rains matzah when he walks in the room. So and one, he is one of my idols. So I'm, I'm, I, I honestly have to tell you, in the restaurant business, I wish I was born Jewish, because the mentality is right for the restaurant. It business. To- especially,
1: yeah, especially there. So, so Carl comes back to the apartment one night. He goes, "Yo, Mick Jagger was in the apart, was in the yeah. restaurant tonight." Yes. And I'm like, "He was?" And he goes, "Yeah." And he shows me his hand and it's all this ink and it's just all rubbed off. And Mick Jagger had signed his hand. And Carl's like, What do you mean he signed my hand? He's like, Well, that signature, just like me one day, is gonna be gone, so it doesn't matter. So Carl's all bewildered by all this. And he goes, But the thing that got me was Mick Jagger looks at me and he goes, Who are you? I introduce myself. He goes, Do you need a chef for all this? Because pop burger's just it's small burgers and like it's it's a bar really that's just got like this small sort of like You know, mini burger aspect to it Like mini food was
2: big then Invented the slider
1: Yeah, basically, yeah So, Mick Checkers You need a chef for all this? And Carl said I didn't know how to answer that And then he fucking put his hood on And he left And it was all done So the next day we're in there He's telling me the story At Pop Burger And I started laughing And Carl goes What are you laughing at? And I go, it's funny Like, you need a chef for all this? And Carl goes Come here He walks me to the kitchen And he goes He walks me to the kitchen he goes He goes, uh Look at this And I'm looking at, you know, to Carl's point, shapes, sizes, colors, all kinds of people. You know, everybody. I'm looking at all these people and he's like, it doesn't matter. And it's just this well-oiled machine. Burgers, rings, fries, all that shit just coming out. You know, the point is, you know, Carl's point is it doesn't matter. It's just like, just get it done. If you can pull your weight, if you can just get through it. And so this idea of like people traveling, it doesn't matter. It's just get in there and get it done because nobody really gives a shit i just want to be transported right
2: and that's and i and and that's one thing with brad when he came to new york i was like hey listen man like you're gonna learn the food business and a lot of the food business is bullshit you know we're a bunch of liars you know what i mean like (laughs) it it is what it is is. just deal with it like suck it up man like a lot of the stuff like you know, we talk about the organic. When you movement. when you
0: say like the when you say you're liars, I mean like the chicken I bought from this guy is not the same as going to buy in the next week, shit like that, or no, just the. What I'm uh, just saying the... is like
2: like when we talk about the organic movement, right? Like we laugh, like we call it green is green, right? Right. So, if you want to charge two dollars for a Brussels sprout instead of one dollar, you just say it's organic, and you'll show up. Was your Lululemon pants and your fucking? Little- <laughs> he looks good in his Lululemon pants, Carl. Oh, I could imagine. Say that in front of all your I friends, could, it's rude. I could imagine. It looks like thirteen beer bottles stuck in a garbage bag. It's like a pound of <laughs> bologna in a half a pound bag.
0: Oh man, <laughs> trust me, it takes a little bit of assing to get them on, but they, they once they're on, they're, <laughs> they're on for a week. What
2: like you know, the restaurant the, people don't understand. It. It's a restaurant business. Like I opened a restaurant in Times Square where the where the rent was a hundred and seventy five thousand dollars a month. <laughs> A month. She's got that's queasy. Fucking. She's <laughs> got queasy. And I Jesus. was in charge. I don't
1: pay 175 in three places combined.
2: 175,000 a month, and I'm looking down a barrel. Oh no, the construction still. You know. Oh no, we could we. You know, we have to change the hood system. So I fucked up. So that's a hundred 175,000. <laughs> That I just burned. i so sick to my stomach <laughs> right now. Uh, <laughs> so I have a different outlook on stuff. I don't care. I don't care about your feelings or how you feel about things or, or that Instagram picture you want to show me about some fucking oatmeal from Wisconsin. You're a fucking asshole. Like, we have to make money, right? Right. We have to make money. There's, We are the number one employer of the derelicts, the felons. It's pirate ship. You know what I mean? Like, all these people that you want to put in fucking jail because these stupid laws, I have to hire them because no one else will.
0: When they get out, right? they're going to you.
2: Right. Like, all these people that are like, you know, oh, help people, help. UPS doesn't hire any of these people. FedEx doesn't hire any. No, nobody. No. Guess who hires them? The Cuban in New Jersey, the kid with the eye patch and the four teardrops. I'm like... If I give you a sandwich to deliver, are you going to bring my car back? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm having Hunt for Red October conversations with a delivery driver.
1: (laughs) Only one pick. Don't worry,
0: Cubanite. Bring your car back.
1: I just, that's, it's so funny to me. You know, we talk about, you know, we sort of talked about this before we came on, but, you know, everybody upset with, you know, the football player that's beating this guy up or the guy that's, you know, neat, taking a knee for this. You don't care when that same guy's making, like, that guy that beat up his girlfriend's making your pizza. Like, it's just because it's on your TV, you feel guilty about that. You just don't. you see that guy now.
2: Like in my in my life, like remember, I grew up in the restaurant business in the nineties in New York City, right? So gay people couldn't get a job.
1: What are you looking it at me was, for?
2: It was that simple. <laughs> Your shirt's so tight. Your shirt's tight. But but I'm yeah, saying that, like not in a good way. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying is they couldn't get a job. Right. They couldn't get a job. Right. Gay people couldn't get a job. Black people couldn't get a job. Puerto Ricans couldn't get a job. Where would they get a job in my world, right? Because we had to vet you, person Puerto, to person. Puerto Ricans
1: are of the best waiters I've ever had. Bad work for me ever. <laughs> Just I don't know what it is. The
2: Bengali army. Remember the Bengali yeah, army I, in I, New I, York City, I, the busboys.
1: I do, I do.
2: So what I'm saying is, like, you know, these small mom and pops, like we absorb society, we absorb it, we give you jobs, we. I remember when the AIDS epidemic was crazy. I was a kid, but I was I was still working. Right. When I was when I was seventeen years old, I was making sixty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus.
1: Sixty grand. You know how many hours a week in that in the restaurant business that is? I would I would fall asleep.
2: Yeah. I would fall asleep in school. Like because I was running shifts till one o'clock in the morning. I was a bad motherfucker.
1: And it's amazing, like, I know what your skill set is now, but, like, at 17 years old, like, your value was just your ability to be there. I was there. That was the thing that, like, got me, like, young, like, when I started, it was the same thing. It's, like, just my ability to be there 40 hours and go to school, people were like, yeah, you can work as many shifts as you want. Like, yeah, I know you fucked up like two batches of dough, but pizza's cheap, so don't worry about it. But like, you're here, <laughs> right? Right. Like, it's just your right. ability to be there is
2: such and a then, huge And in New York, you have to be there, but you have to be good, right? Right. Because New York has this unspoken pride. Yeah, San
1: Jose doesn't exactly have the same unspoken right. pride. Right. We have an unspoken <laughs>
2: pride. Like, <laughs> San, like, San Jose's motto so, is, to the point yeah, where, you're okay. Ah, where, I worked <laughs> whatever. At a, where I worked at a French restaurant, right, and I had to be... I can only go to one dive bar where we, the French chefs from this one restaurant would go. And then the other big chef, he had his own dive bar, so we would never mix. And when we did, it was like the fucking... The
1: Jets and the Sharks. What the fuck is yeah. going on right now?
2: And then we used to show up and be like, yo, what's <laughs> up? What's up, shallow water? Ocean Blue's <laughs> coming through. <laughs> And we used to like look at back then, like we didn't have Yelp or anything, which is a like, cancer. You know of course, I mean? but but it's fine. It keeps you. Even the honest. new guy that
0: came in the Firebird shirt knows that Yelp sucks.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I use it. I use it sometimes. You know? What sure. I
1: mean? There's value in it. Come back. We'll find out what happened after you came back from France. and told these French people to fuck off.
2: Oh, they fucking hated me. <laughs> <laughs> I set a Vespa on fire, all coked up one day. <laughs> oh. <Ow. laughs>
0: All that and more. <laughs> Sports <laughs> Beats your Podcast.